Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What time is it? Hogdale, that was a question for you. What time is it? Well, I, I don't know. It's, like it's podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> it's podcast wow. time, guys. Wow. Episode 226 of the Pesky Report. I'm Ed Hand, and I am joined today uh, by the man, the myth, the champion of chess and conqueror of the moon, Hogdale. How are you doing today, Hogdale? Are you just start off the episode like that's like a pre-established thing we do? Like, oh yeah, it you is. know, the pesky report lore. You know, we always say, you know, what time is it? You're such a... I'm doing great. Just doing great. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, you're not the only legend here today. Um, and I'm not talking about myself. We're joined by uh, one of my, my favorite uh, guests that hasn't actually appeared on the pesky report. She was, however a guest on uh, Baseball and Bubbly back when uh, Bailey and I were doing that and um, loosely associated with the Pesky Report through Soxie Chicks. Um, we've got Crystal O'Keefe on the show. How are you doing, Crystal? You know what? I am hanging in there. I am preparing myself for nine months of working way too much on top of my full-time job. Do you so when you say working way too much, what is it that uh like your regular you so we don't need to talk about your regular job, but what is it that you're about to be working way too much on? Right. So I am a writer and managing editor editor at Southside Sox. And we do our own kind of podcast, like our mothership podcast as we refer to it. And I am actually going to start doing season or series preview podcasts. So I will be pulling people from different fandoms to each week so that I can have a representative of each fandom on at least once to preview an upcoming series. But I will be doing that for every series to preview. And then Bailey and I are going to go back to a monthly Soxy Chicks podcast because our schedules are a little hectic. And then I do some stuff for Willits Pen, the Mets website. I do a lot of podcasting and a little bit of writing and some manager stuff as well there. And then Picture List. I have a weekly call in one Picture List. And oh my God. We are, I know. And I am starting a new podcast with uh, someone that reached out pretty soon. I don't want to share all of the details because we're not recording until tomorrow. But yeah, so I have about four podcasts a week and a ton of writing every night but it's fine i i could never complain about being too busy with baseball stuff now See, like, I that. i've got that my full-time job i've got two kids that are doing like after school stuff and a puppy to train so 
Like if you catch me snoozing, just just let me be for a while. That's I I will not wake you up. That's uh, I appreciate the heads up. If over the next forty five minutes you fall asleep, I'll just have uh, I'll just have Hogdale answer all of the uh, the White Sox questions. But, yeah, uh, I went to a, I went to one uh, Red Sox White Sox game. I'm an expert. Like what do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all you need to do. One game and you're set. <laughs> but um, seriously, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, come here, especially now knowing how busy you are. Um, how are how spring training been treating you? How are how are the White Sox looking? They aren't actually looking all that bad. I'm kind of impressed with what I've seen. Dylan Cease doesn't seem to be as great as he was last year, but it's hard to really top last season for Dylan Cease anyway. Um, Kopech, when he's been more healthy, he has looked really good. And Lance Lynn and Lucas Gilito are in like perfect form. Lucas kind of dropped about 15 pounds and it really helped because he bulked up last year and completely lost control. Um, but then, uh, we've got like Oscar Colas and, um, I'm not seeing a ton of Andrew Benatendi yet. He hasn't played a lot, but like Oscar and a couple of the newer folks, they're, they're doing good. I think they'll, they'll make it to um, the roster for, you know, once the season kicks in. In fact, they have an Oscar Colas sign up at Sox Park now. And, you know, Jerry doesn't spend any money. So if you're spending money on that, (laughs) it's usually a good sign that he'll, he'll actually be there. Awesome. So he's making um, and, the team, Colas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, Elvis Andres has been really good, too. Oh, yeah, I um, forgot you guys got him. Yeah, yeah. He's actually He was actually a pretty good pickup. I'm happy with that. But, yeah, I mean, people are looking great. Um, any, um, any timetable at all about Garrett Crochet coming back? I know he tore his uh, UCL last year. Yeah, he is expected to come back in – and close this season. I don't know if it's going to be right away, but he is expected back probably like towards May, June is their hope for him. He has been doing some warm ups. He's been in Arizona at least. So that's a good sign. Is he expected to be in the rotation or is he going to just be back in the bullpen? Cause I remember they were talking about him starting before he got hurt. And then, yeah. You know, um, damper on that. I think they're going to do the same thing they did with Kopech, you know, two years back where they had him in the bullpen to come in um, and then kind of transition him to a starting lineup. That could take a little bit. I know it took a really long time to get Kopech fully stretched out. And I still worry sometimes that they made it a little too quick. So hopefully they'll give him time to really fully stretch and not continue to injure himself, but they do have a plan in place to get him back in starting positions. Okay. Yeah. The, the pitching for the team. uh, I mean, you guys got the worst possible news with uh, Liam Hendricks. uh, It was a Hodgkin's lymphoma, right? Yeah. So aside from that being an entire, just, just awful thing that he has to go through. Team also is without a closer. Um, What, What's is there going to be like a closer by committee situation until he's ready to come back, or 
is it is there one guy that has an edge? I know they have Kendall Graveman there and a few other guys with closing experience. What's the uh, yeah. what's what's the talk of that right now? It's it'll probably be Kendall Graveman more often than not. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez has been in that role before and is actually I trust him honestly. Um, so I think there are a couple guys that can fill that gap while Liam is out because obviously he's he's not expected to return this year. At least that's what we're hearing now. So yeah, it'll it'll be kind of the Kendall Graveman show for quite a bit, which is disappointing and a huge downgrade from Liam. But you know, we obviously want him to get better so he can come back one day. Yeah, I, uh, I got a quick question here. Uh, obviously, like the White Sox last few years have kind of dealt with a bit of like underperformance, a lot of injuries. God, the injury luck has just been horrific for y'all. But uh, are you feeling like optimistic about maybe some players bouncing back considering that senile old fraud is finally gone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, there are a couple players that I feel okay about. Eloy Jimenez just injured himself today. Juan Mangada injured himself the other night. Like, it continuously happens. So my only hope is that they've, like, revamped their strength and conditioning coaches because I feel like that's that's the only way they're going to even stay healthy because, again, like, Kopech falls off a mound and is out for six weeks. Like, that's just kind of how it goes. Absolutely. So I'm not super optimistic. I'm trying. Oh, there's a, a like a bit because like it seemed like just uh, the pitching look, especially last year, was just awful. Like uh, Lance Lynn obviously got hurt early in the year. Uh, it, he looked a lot better in the later stages of the year, though. I'm pretty like optimistic about him going forward. And uh, Giolito, that's a very weird kind of like just shocking regression from him. Like, uh, do you see like him bouncing back at all? Um, maybe. I really think that for a bit, Liam was using some sticky substances and that was yeah. really his highlight of 2020. And once they got banned, he, it didn't help that he had gained like all that muscle weight, but then he's got to basically completely redo all of his mechanics to even get that thing over the plate. Um, but I think he looked, he started to look better towards the end of last year. So I'm hoping that follows through. I mean, he's so close with the pitching coach anyway. So I'm hoping that's that was just kind of a bad season. He's learned he can pitch again without sticky substances. But he's looked he's looked pretty good so far this year. I mean, on paper, it's a very nice little rotation the the White Sox have. You've you know, Lynn, Cease, um, um. God, I'm having a brain fart now. Lynn Cease, uh, Giolito, yep. the other guy. <laughs> I'm <trying to> pop <laughs> it. <laughs> Just... But wow. then you've got you've got a little bit of an elephant in the room there, and that's uh, Mike Clevenger. Um, what's you know he didn't get suspended, but some pretty. It sounded like there was some pretty shady behavior going on for him. Um, mm-hmm. What's been the general feel around like uh, White Sox fans? Are people like willing to let bygones be bygones with him, or do they want him to, you know, just take a little more responsibility for what's come out? Like, how how are people feeling about the about all that? Yeah, so not great. You have your typical kind of toxic 
people with like anime profile pictures. They're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, nothing happened. He's fine. This is this is my starting picture. And I'm like, okay, well, he's not going to sleep with you, buddy. And then <laughs> we've got like the normal people that are just kind of like, it's still shady. He still had to settle. He was settling and he had to go to therapy. And that's really what the accusers wanted the most was just for him to get therapy and grow from this. You know, they were very um, open about how, yeah, he did a lot of this stuff that we're accusing him of, but we just want him to get better. Like we don't want to see the downfall of him. I, on the other hand, want to see the downfall of him. Like I want him (laughs) off the team. He is no good. And the White Sox have been playing like tone deaf this entire time. I don't know if either one of you saw it today, but the White Sox posted these like inspirational things for Women's History oh, Month. No. Oh no, they did all oh, come. And on. the worst one. Hold on, let me pull up the worst one. Oh, oh no! Because I was just like, how? What? How? But how do you do this? Well, you can't do that. Like, you got to fucking practice what you preach. Like, you can't put these things out and then have a guy like him on the team. Like I just no. feel bad for whoever's running their social media today. So this was oh. some affirmations for your lock screen. Oh God. Oh no. The the worst one in my opinion was <laughs> she who can be her most unapologetic self, even in the most uncomfortable environments, has true power. Don't be afraid to stand out and take risks. And then another that, one with a mirror. No, another no. one with a mirror, and it says, "You are your power." Oh no! Is that like so a bad. horoscope or a fortune cookie or like? Nope, they're just what? these little cute girl boss pastel themed oh, no. words of affirmation. We've got one that says, "You belong here," and then create your own path. Which that one was cute, but like the rest of them, I'm like, read. The room, dudes, read oh. the room. Oh god, is, the, po- the poor social media manager. <laughs> is there like a little? The I have this that. in my head, like like those Valentine cards, yeah. where they like put the person. Is it just like all Clevenger next to these things? <laughs> that'd be fun. That'd be terrible. Oh my god, <laughs> just <sighs> these little little pastel words of affirmation for all the the women that like the sport. I guess I don't know. It was so stupid. They got dunked on. They're still up. Uh, one do, you of my feel friends, huh? do you feel seen now? Oh, totally. I feel really <laughs> respected. I'm really going to girl boss my way through this season. Um, can't wait. They noticed me. Oh, is, is that so I I don't get terribly like personally invested in the players one way or another. But does it make it like. Like when he, with when he's on the mound every five days, are you just like not even gonna watch or like how do you like if there was like just just for my own like bio if there was like if they brought in a player that was like vehemently anti-Semitic or something like that I I don't know how I would be watching it um, yeah like like what 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 do you think you're going to do when he's on the mound so I can say for Southside Sox the days he's on the mound we're not covering it. Uh, we'll do like our six, pa- and I normally do six pack of stats. That's kind of my go-to thing. And then I'll do like the bird app recap. But on those days that he's starting, he is not even going to be a footnote in any of those articles. We have 
we you know posted a statement saying we don't cut we don't want to cover him we can come up with something silly goofy fun or we can just ignore his existence which i plan to do um so we're not covering him on the site and it happens that he will be the opener on their home opener so that's going to be Jesus Christ. a disaster in itself. Um, but it's kind of like how I felt with Aralds Chapman, especially during that World Series with the Cubs. I was watching it. I, I wanted to watch. I mean, I watch every World Series. But he became one of those players where if he did anything, even remotely positive, I was donating money to domestic violence organizations. Like, because especially, and I mean, it's not just women that go through this, but there are so many mental gymnastics that we have to take in order to watch the sport that we love, but then deal with, you know, accused abusers on our screen, on our team, you know, someone that we're supposed to be cheering for. Um, so it's tough. Like, I'm not going to cheer for him. I'm not going to cover him. He, even if he has a no hitter, I'll be like, okay, anyway, like, I don't, I don't care that you did that. So we've all kind of taken a stance. And I mean, a lot of us are really against it. You know, White Sox Twitter, after this happened, we all pooled a bunch of money into like a GoFundMe to create two billboards that will be close in proximity, like when Jerry's driving to the park, he's going to see it. And it just says, sell the team, Jerry, or <laughs> by disgruntled fans. Dude, Jerry Reinsdorf genuinely is such a fucking embarrassment to the sport. Dude, it's like. He, he does, he, he owns the Bulls too. And it's just. Yeah, you can tell teams. because of like fucking just how either just inconsistent or majorly just bad they've been since Jordan left. Mm-hmm. Like they had a few good years of Derrick Rose and it's just like, man. And then you had yeah. a good thing with Lonzo Ball and his knee exploded. Poor guy. Oh my gosh, yeah. He'll be out next year, too, now. It's but so yeah, we, we even have these signs that are going to stay up for, like, three months. So the first three months, of, like, they just went up a couple weeks ago. Well, he runs a team like he's not – it's 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 just such Wilpon energy when they own the Mets. Like, oh, you gosh, own yes. a team in New York and you're crying poor. You mm-hmm. own a team in Chicago, like the third biggest market in the United States, and you're crying poor. Yeah, you're a billionaire crying poor. Like, what the fuck, dude? Spend, open up your pocketbook. <laughs> we we have a term for this when it's like a, a rain delay. You know, people are in the park, they're getting their beer, they're paying a bunch of money, and then it gets canceled, and we're like, well, you've just been Reisendorfed. Like that's the thing among Chicago sports fans. I I feel for y'all. Just some of the worst ownership in the entire league. My God. Yeah, and for the the White Sox to just play dumb and act like, oh, we we weren't aware about these accusations, and I was like, buddy, you could have Googled. Like, put a girl on this case. (laughs) Like, put one of those girls that's, like, really vengeful and always wants to, like, stalk her friends, new boyfriends. Like, we're like the FBI. Put <laughs> a girl, like a millennial girl, give her a laptop or a phone, and she's going to dig up all the information from the past, like, 30 years on this man and what has happened in his life. Like, they they didn't do any due diligence with this, with this guy, which... 
That's so White Sox, but still. Come on. This is a guy that's in like the public, the public view too. We had uh, somebody get outed in Red Sox Twitter as like a predator a couple weeks ago. And I swear, like, you know, within like five minutes of these DMs coming out, the guy's like job address, Mm -hmm. like his, his doctorate paper, like everything that this guy has done, every foot, like part of his internet footprint was like suddenly available for anybody online. I would imagine a guy like Clevenger who, you know, He's been in the public, presumably, since he was in high school. You know, yeah. like, that's how, like, how quickly people are scouted these days. Like, it's all out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like I said, they didn't they didn't put any of the FBI girlies on. So, <laughs> and now they're like, well, we're going to wait until MLB puts down what they want to say. And I was like, well, that's not a governing body. Yeah. So, maybe, like, read the room. You've already got Daryl Boston as your first base coach. Maybe don't hire another abuser. Yeah. Who would be like, say they cut him tomorrow for, you know, like something like something even worse comes out, which, you know, realistically could happen. Who's the number five starter if that happens? Oh boy. Ronaldo Lopez. He's done it before. Yeah. He's done it a few. And he's good. Like I said, they're, He's one of those where I would love it if, you know, at least the first couple of months, couple starts, we could do like a Kopech three inning, Lopez three inning, you know, go from there. That's like the perfect duo. They both know each other's strengths or, you know, Lopez, Kopech, do one of those where they kind of alternate starting roles um, and get them both stretched out so their arm doesn't fall off but yeah i think if it all goes down they're not going to go after anybody new so they're going to place lopez in that position that makes sense um you know there's a guy there, there was a bit of a trade uh last year between the red Sox and the white Sox um that i was personally very happy about um i don't really hate on players very much but um I did always uh, go and walk my dog any inning that Jake uh, Diekman was pitching because um, <laughs> I was guaranteed to be able to take like 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. when I came back up, there would be two men on like one out and a three, one count. And it was like, this, this, this pretty much always happened. Uh, but what has your outlook on the uh, Jake Diekman, Reese McGuire trade uh, been? Yeah, I am the same way. I, it was painful watching him it was just one of those like you want to yell at your screen moments and i liked reese mcguire yeah he's done some shady stuff in parking lots but like i liked him he was at least he was only harming his own reputation and not any like actual like other people yeah (laughs) and i'll I'll say what i i always say about that it was a dollar tree parking lot was what what was he (laughs) supposed to do not celebrate his savings like come on he probably got some really good stuff. I mean, yeah. But yeah, so I I was d- disappointed to say the least. I don't I don't like Jake Diekman at all. So he's not good. That. We we all uh, in Red Sox Nation like when the season started, like we had like the copium, you know, like oh, no, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna figure it out. He's going to throw strikes. It's how like we were with Darwin's and like, he'll figure out how to throw strikes. This stuff's just so good, guys. Come on. He's going to, he's going to be good. <laughs> and then it's just a tragedy. 
every single game. Like absolutely you're, you're, garbage. Oh yeah. my god, gripping. There on was your a chair. second. The the strength of a thousand fucking you know print like presses just. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, oh a second uh, reliever trade also um, that happened that more recently uh, Frank. Franklin Herman was traded to the White Sox for Theo Dedlinger. And um, while many people were probably like, well, who, who the hell cares? Theo Dedlinger is a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Is a blacksmith who made like a bat out of that's also like a thick devil's as an axe or something in like the shop that he built in his front yard. Um, you guys are over, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are over two on trades with the Red Sox. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we are. We don't. We're like oh and five hundred on trades in general. We do not make great trades. I'm sure. I'm just like now remembering the other uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. for James Shields oh. trade. That just doesn't, oh. that's a trade that happened. <laughs> yeah, there was that. That's insane. I mean, we made we made that one good one, the sale for Kopech Mancada, like. That, worked that for was everybody. fine. Everyone was very happy with that one. Yeah. It was like, peace. Um, that trade would have been perfect for us if we didn't give Sale all that fucking money, like, way too early. <laughs> That's true. And he he is worse than Kopech with staying healthy, so. He really is. Kopech isn't, at least, at least Kopech, like, isn't, you know, tripping on his shoelaces and breaking every bone in his wrist, you know? Oh. <laughs> Honestly, like, punching like things with his his predominant hand. Wasn't that like punching out his roommate though with uh with Kopech <laughs> at the time? It was something like because he was still in the Red Sox organization. Like, like that guy, I, I, he he seems like uh like like a like a movie waiting to happen just because of all like the kind of like wild stuff. Like between that, and getting married to that girl from um from Riverdale, Riverdale. like and then, oh my and getting divorced. Like, it just seems like he leads, like, a pretty exciting life, you know? I mean, he's got a new baby mama, a new baby, a stepkid. Actually, I don't think they are legally divorced yet. Like, I think they still might technically be married, but now he's with, like, some kind of hippie Jesus girl, and they have a new baby together. (laughs) I was an option. Like, I was an option. (laughs) My husband understands. <laughs> I was an option. We had a very special moment once while he was warming up at a game. I didn't realize how loud I was when I said, I love you, Michael. And he looked right up at me and gave me like a peace sign and like huh. nodded in agreement. And I was like, well, <laughs> we're dating now. Yes, that is. I, I, I think that is first base. That, yeah, that, it you is. You got to first base with Michael Kopech. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was Absolutely. like we were planning the wedding out on Twitter. Someone asked where our registry was for, and like I was right there, but he went with Hippie Jesus Chick. You could change, you could become Hippie Jesus Chick. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know that they will accept me. Uh, um, I literally have a devil girl tattooed yeah. on my leg. That's awesome. Well, you know, he, he. We all have our crosses to bear, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has gotten a little uh, sidetracked. <laughs> but um, wow, baseball, huh? I was yeah. just planning out my wedding. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Getting getting back to like some extra stuff about the team. Uh, like Luis Robert is obviously a guy with <clears throat> just unlimited like ceiling potential. It seemed like he had a bit of a, a rough season by his standards last year. It seemed like a lot of injuries really hampered him. Like, you know, what do you expect out of him this year? I think he's going to be great this year. Um, I had a lot of hope for him, you know, just playing in center field last year because he can cover, it felt like the entire outfield, just him, because, you know, we had very lackluster outfield. Like we had Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn out there for most of it. And poor Elio Jimenez, who is so No, Eli loves it out there, though. <laughs> He's so terrible. He loves in the it out outfield, there. He doesn't want to DH. His unbuttoned um, shirt. I love that, man. Yes. <laughs> um, but I have a lot of confidence in him. He's been great. He's been really fun to watch in spring training and everywhere else. So I think he's going to have, like, his comeback year. He was showing signs of it kind of towards the end, last few months of the season last year that he was kind of back, and I think he'll be back in just full ready-to-go mode by the season because he's been great so far this spring training. Who's I'm going excited. To be the, who's going to be the odd man out of uh, the outfield between Jimenez, Robert, um, Colas, and, you know, Andrew Benintendi, the $75 million man? Uh, oh, who's who's going to be of getting the, the people DH that, that they're going to pay, Andrew Benintendi. Like, I know, that one didn't make sense to me. Um, I, I mean, I think it's going to have to be Jimenez because he's got a power bat. But when he goes in that outfield, he can't stay healthy. He's running into nets. He's running into everything. He's tripping over himself. Like, I think he's going to just have to reach that point where he says, hey, I'm going to be on this team. Then I'm going to DH for a bit. And maybe I can have a couple days every once in a while in the outfield. But, like, he's he's our best bet. And and he can – like, he just such – he can rake. Like, he can really rake. He's got the tools to be, like, one of the best hitters in the game. The dude, he just has to stay healthy. Like, Eloy, for the love of God, man, like, we're we're going to chain you to this DH spot, and you cannot go anywhere else. Like, we refuse. Double wrap. Like, that's what he needs. And, you know, Ben Attendee is really abysmal at the plate. Like, he can't DH. Maybe, maybe Oscar can, but, you know, we haven't seen that power from him yet that you know Jimenez possesses so what are your expectations for Ben and Tendy? He's just he's fine. He's yeah. literally just fine. He's okay. Yeah. He's one of those players that you're just like, oh yeah, he is on our team now. Okay. He had a lot of all of the singles this year. <laughs> Yeah, he had a lot of nicknames in Boston, you know, Benny Baseball, Benny Boyfriend, Benny Butt Cheeks, but Benny Boring is kind of the most accurate for him. He's um he's not gonna embarrass anybody. He's just yeah. he's not gonna do anything particularly exciting either. Yeah, it's like he's got uh, he's got a good yeah, got a good glove, hits for decent average, uh does not hit for power mm-hmm. like at all, and plays yeah, plays some good defense. If he can just get on base every game, then he'll have met my expectations. But in the meantime, two on base streak is kind of that's never been done in in history. It hasn't. So (laughs) we'll see. I mean, at least like 90. If we could just settle for 90 games on base, that would be great. But 
until then, we're just hoping that the White Sox create a new chicken tenders meal for him called Chicken Benatendis. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's all I want. I can't eat it anymore, but that's all I want. You know, I was wondering, since obviously Jose Abreu is now a Astro, which is crazy. God, I, the Astros are so goddamn loaded. Uh, who's even playing first base for y'all now? Andrew Vaughn. Andrew, oh, okay. Yep. I can see He's, that for sure. Between him and Gavin Sheets, they were both first basemen anyway. They're both terrible in the outfield, so it'll be Andrew Vaughn completely taking over that role with Gavin Sheets intermittently when you know he needs a break. A first baseman with an OPS plus of 111 is less than ideal. Oh, yeah, no. well, you know, we, we can't all be Jose Abreu. <laughs> so it's good. It's not even like the deal that Abreu got was that unreasonable from the Astros. Like, Mm-mm. for the love of God, Ryan's were match the fucking contract. <laughs> well, there was a lot of stuff that came out after that took place where Jose Abreu was basically saying, like, he didn't feel like a leader. He didn't feel like there was good leadership in the clubhouse. Okay. A lot of that obviously stems back to La Russa, but it seems like there was a little bit more kind of, I don't know, like just more fighting inside the clubhouse than what was led to believe, which there was an article that came out about that, about how, you know, it's kind of chaotic in there. Players aren't really getting along like they used to. Like they just were no longer kind of vibing. There was just a lot of attention in that clubhouse. Obviously letting go of Dallas Keuchel relieved a lot of that tension, but it was still there on the surface. And again, I have to think it was a lot of Tony La Russa and then just kind of poor spirits anyway, because they were, they were so bad last year. They were just not even subpar for most of that season. So for him to come out and say that was kind of a, a punch in the gut. But I can't really blame him. He deserves a ring. And the White Sox wasted him for so long and could never get him a ring. So, you know, if they make it to the World Series this year, I will for once in my life just be all in Astros because – I want him to have that ring. He deserves it. He seems like he seems like such a fun player to get to root for every day. Like that's just like he's just such a good hitter who doesn't seem to like like Hongo was saying, like three years, twenty million a year. That, that's mm-hmm. perfectly reasonable for his production. Yeah. I mean, we called him the R- RBI merchant. That's how good he was. That's how fun he is to watch. Like he was my he's probably still my favorite player despite not being on the White Sox anymore. Like he's up there in my top five all time favorite players. That's things like he just he came up and like when he first came up it was just immediately good and just was mm-hmm. good his entire tenure. I also worry because the White Sox have this like crazy Cuban pipeline going and it kind of Obviously, didn't start with Jose Abreu, but he was kind of the new generation of that Cuban pipeline. And, you know, I don't think we would get players like Luis Robert or Oscar Colas or like any of these people from any of these countries if we didn't have Jose Abreu on that team. He was kind of like their mentor and he really brought them in and they've all been super productive. Like they've been great for organization. So I'm really worried with him gone 
that that might decrease a little bit, which will suck even more for us. Who becomes the face of the offense now? Um, is it is it Tim Anderson or is it one of the outfielders? It's it's probably going to be Tim Anderson, just because you know of all the batting titles and he, you know, the iconic like choke imagery that we see with him. Um, he will, I think he will be the face. Maybe Yoan Moncada if he does have a good year, but I still think Tim has it. I mean, he's. Aside from Leary Garcia, he's the longest tenured member on that team. He's won batting titles, you know. He's just – I think he was already the face of the organization, even with Abreu on the team. But, yeah, he will definitely be the one this year that people are going to look to. Is um, is Andres going to be starting at second base? Is he going to be a utility guy? What's, what's his uh, role going to look like? My hope is that he will start at second. I have a feeling it will be a utility position and that they're going to keep Garcia at second despite him just not producing anything ever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my hope is that they will realize that that's where he belongs because he has been really good. Um, Oh, I forgot. We also have Billy Hamilton back. He might be in the outfield too a little bit, but yeah. Um, my hope is that he's second, and it's not Larry Garcia anymore. Because man, that guy's got to go. <laughs> he <laughs> provides think, uh, nothing. Do you think Billy's going to make the team? For, I completely forgot he was with the White Sox. Yeah, I did too. I think. <laughs> I think because there are always so many outfield collisions, he will be there at some point. It might take until May for you know Eloy to get injured again or Andrew Benatendi to get injured, but I think he'll make it up. Yeah, it is a it is a pretty injury prone outfield there. So it kind of surprised me that they let um Adam Angel go, honestly, just because he see like he seems like such a I, I can't imagine I think he's with the Angels now or something mm-hmm. or the Padres and it's like, you know, he's on the White Sox. He's always on the White Sox. Yeah. I was so <laughs> disappointed when that happened. I was like he's one of the most consistent in the outfield. He's always there. He's always there making those like ginormous leaps to steal home runs. He, you know, caught the last pitch for Julio's no hitter. Like he's always there in those iconic moments. And he also is just very good to look at from behind. <laughs> so I was very mad that that happened. It didn't well, you got make that intended now at least. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. Oh, gosh. I gotta say, though. uh, Don't mention that to Bailey on Soxie Chicks. That's all I'm gonna say. (laughs) Billy Billy Hamilton was probably the happiest man in America, like, when, like, the fall role changes came. Because, like, his role as, like, being just a designated pinch runner, like, just, like, came back in a big way. Like, he might steal 80 bases this year. Who knows? He might. He's such, like, a magnetic personality. He's a big fan favorite. You know, he might not have produced a ton during his time, you know, during regular season, but he was just so loved. And this was the same when he was in Cincinnati. Like, he would be at this local bar all the time, and people would just come in and, like, hang out with him after games, and it was just wild. Like, he's just a man of the people. And he is just so charismatic that you just can't help but to not 
just be in love with Billy Hamilton. And he's got such a perfect smile. Like he could be a billboard. Him and Andrew McCutcheon could be like billboards for like a dentist somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Dude, if only he could ball at all. Like fuck, he'd be one of the best hitters of his generation because of how unreally fast that he is. Yeah. You can't steal first. I mean, the Red Sox have a guy like that in Duran too, and it's all it's you know it's it, you got to be able to put the bat to the ball. It's the hardest thing to do in any sport. With Duran, it's worse because he's a terrible base runner. <laughs> it's the same way yeah, that he's that's... a terrible defensive outfielder because he has no instincts whatsoever. <laughs> to be fair, it, he, he, I got nothing. I was going to try to come up with a defense <laughs> there for him, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I've, I've had a month of, of Rymel Tapia and being reminded like, oh, a fourth outfielder could actually be like a good fielder. Okay. A competent. Like, yeah, I'd love like, an Adam Engel here. You know how many guys just, like, last season for the Red Sox just lost the ball? Just saw it go over them, oh like, 50 feet? Like, it, 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 it was ridiculous the amount this was happening. Like, those guys like Engel. Hamilton's a great fielder, too. He is. He's a great one out there. Yeah, and not just because he's fast. Like, he actually, like, can get good reads on the ball. Mm-hmm. He does. Who do you think is going to be, like, a surprise for the White Sox this year? I think... And this is this is saying a lot because he is my age, which is considered a grandpa in baseball years. I think Yasmani Grandal is going to have a redemption season. That's I, I think a lot of people have forgotten Yasmani Grandal is on the uh, is on mm-hmm. the White Sox. Yeah, he's he our primary. So guy. bad last year. Oh he, my yeah, god. Yeah, Um. But the White Sox like to post these like hype videos of guys working out, whatever. I saw the Yasmani one and I was like, okay, okay, that looks good. But he also does a lot of things with other organizations. Like he does stuff with like for helmets. He does all these cool different videos and trainings and stuff for these other groups. And I follow a lot of that. And, you know, he's lost a little bit of weight. He's gained a lot of muscle. He he feels confident that he's at full strength again. You know, he's had his knee surgeries. Um, so I really think he's going to go back to like Brewers, Yasmani Grundall. Like, I think he's going to be surprisingly a lot better this season. That's my hope. But I really, I see that happening the most. Well, like forgot overnight, like, Yasmani Grundall, like a three or four year run before that, where he was debatably the best catcher in mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, like unreal defender. It's like sneaky great batter, like just a on base in, machine. Yes. Yeah, on base machine. Barely hit for average, but man, could that dude get on base? And he hit for power. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, last yeah. year, just the production just <laughs> vanished. He either walks or he bombs it out of the field. Like those are his options. And you know, we always use that money ball gif of because he gets on base. Like anytime he does anything, it's because he gets on base. We love Yasmani. And, you know, he he was still able to do that last year. He just wasn't really hitting for power. And his knees were clearly bothering him. But, like I said, he's been looking really good um, from everything I've seen, all the updates I've seen from spring training. Like, he looks like he's back to maybe four or five years ago. I mean, that's going to be huge for them if they can get a middle of the order bat out of that. Um, his backup, or at least I think he's going to be the backup this year, uh, Sebi Zavala. Mm-hmm. Is he 
like major league good because I remember he had that three home run game last year and it kind of, I think he had five home runs on the season. So he got more than half of them in that one game, but he hit fine. Um, Is he going to stick for the season? You think? I think he will. Yes. Um, Because like I said, Desmani is a little up there in his age. So I think we do need somebody that's really reliable, but also Savvy can come in and DH when needed because he, he can hit for power. He's actually really good at bat. So I think he'll stick around for sure. There aren't any other like good options. Like we have nobody in Charlotte or Birmingham. Like we've got nothing on the farm right now. So the cupboards are empty. (laughs) Yeah. It's not. It wasn't that long ago that McGuire was like the third catcher there and you guys had Zach Mm -hmm. Collins. Like, I mean, I mean, his glove never really turned into anything, but that was, there was still like some legitimate catching options there. It was really fun watching Zach Collins be great on the Blue Jays um, because he couldn't do anything here. He has, he's on uh, Cameo, by the way. What was that? Zach Collins, he's on Cameo if you ever need him. I thought about it as a joke because I got Scott Pesednik to endorse me today for this like 108 tournament. I lost, but it's okay. The legend. But I was like, if I maybe I'll just like troll everybody and get Zach Collins to endorse me. Like, what could go wrong? Uh, you know what's kind of funny? Uh, just speaking of Chicago people and um, and cameo, a couple of years ago we paid Rob Blagojevich, like the former governor, to do a cameo for my friend, who's like very um, aggressively conservative, and the whole thing was just like just this like massive trolling of him, where like he was he ended up like reading him. It was like it it went on for like five minutes, and he ended up reading him like this Irish hymn. Now my friend also has a very like he, he's very um, Indian and has a very Indian name, and like Blagojevich couldn't get pronounce his name right, and he would say he was like, "I've got an Irish hymn that I want to read for your birthday." I'm sure you're not Irish. It was just stuff like that. Like he just kept going it was it was it was one of the most amazing experiences i think i've had for like paying anybody to do anything i wonder if he's still on cameo i need to look this up we thought about doing rudy giuliani the next year but then we didn't want to give him any money so it was like okay we're not doing like this is we have our limits Mm -hmm. but a hundred percent recommend if you want to get blagojevich to say something for you he'll run with it like he he just likes to talk I'll remember that next year. That'll go over well on Twitter. <laughs> Imagine for like a baseball Twitter thing, you just have him doing it for you instead of Pacific. <laughs> I was like trying to go for like the dreamy vote. Like I don't particularly care for his accent, but like he's dreamy. He has the most perfect veneers. He's clearly had some Botox done. Like he looked great. Very fast the- too. Yeah, he's got all that World Series money. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go and get all the girls to swoon over Scotty Pods because that's what I did. And he's very well known for that walk-off home run in game two. So, like, he's a legend here. And it still didn't work. That's- I was up against somebody way too good. Uh, that's that's the problem. Like, sometimes it's just a matchup thing, you know? Yeah. Like that time I had to fight Hogdale. It didn't go well. <laughs> when did this happen? I don't know. Did I sleepwalk through this uh, one? Tenji Budokai or whatever it was we were talking yeah. about before oh. this. Oh, of course. 
Yeah. It was your warm up match before Goku. Yeah, no, it was it was wild. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we we touched on this a little bit, but what was the Tony Larusa experience like, and how happy are you that it's over? God, I am. <laughs> The fact that we got someone that is at least coherent <laughs> and under the age of 60 and has more recent and relevant experience, like the bar for me was in hell to replace them. <laughs> so they got like someone that knows the rules. You're not going to catch him snoozing in the dugout. Um, you're not going to catch him defending the other team and letting them hit their player. Oh God. After a three and a home run. Disaster. Oh my like, God. Like the fact that we don't have to, and I feel like he's still going to be involved in some way, which kind of sucks. Cause he's Ryan Zorb's drinking buddy. Yeah. Um, but I really liked Pedro. Like I thought, okay, this is good. He's got a chance. He was like immediately out in the community doing things on the South side of Chicago, which is like unheard of for these like higher up Chicago people. Um, You know, he was really, he like spoke really well. He was just a ray of sunshine after like five years of, well, I mean, it wasn't even five years, but it felt like five years of just constant like downpour gloom and doom it was just this like ray of sunshine it was like oh okay i love this because you can at least manage a team it was so good it was such a relief it was like leaving a toxic relationship behind you know it was it was like therapy finally helped and you could get out of that situation like i mentioned it I mentioned it to my therapist. I was like, you know, I'm really relieved because Tony Larson <laughs> is gone. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Sometimes I make baseball references in there and she was like, yeah, okay. I'm just relieved to learn that I'm not the only person that does that now. I do. I, I got to ask one last question about Tony Verusa. Uh, how much, uh, what percentage of his tenure as White Sox manager do you think he was under the influence of Ambien? Oh on all of it. A hundred percent. Just hundred percent. Even the entire the, like range. winning ugly days. I mean, I don't want to like say that he probably had to get an Uber after each game, but he probably had to get an Uber after each game. Like Oh, and he let that Uber dri- driver know who he was. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, don't you fucking know who I am? I'm Tony LaRusa. You're making me pay for this Uber. You kidding me? Tony have- LaRusa, go through that red Hall of Famer. I have a shirt that says Hall of Fame baseball person after that. And I mean, it was good because proceeds went to like drunk driving organizations to like help prevent it. But oh my gosh, it was just, and again, they didn't do their due diligence. They knew about the second DUI when they hired him. Dude, I, I, think- I just don't under the level of ego it takes to be a don't you know who I am guy in real life. Like that's your actual personality. Like, bro. <laughs> do you think mental that they didn't do the due diligence, or do you think it's just that they didn't care? Um, in this case, they didn't care because Jerry wanted to right a wrong after Hawk fired Larusa. 
back in the day. Um, so he was just trying his best to right a wrong that should have stayed, you know, away from us. Like he should have never came back in the first place. So in that case, they just didn't care. Jerry was going to get his way. I know Rick Hahn was not, not thrilled about it. Um, and felt really out of the dark, but I can't give any sympathy for Rick Hahn because he's honestly just as bad, if not worse. He he needs to step down. Jerry needs to sell the team. Like we just need to just move away from these people. But you know, well, we the, won't. Well, well, the good news is that Jerry Reinsdorf is 87 years old, so I'll be there with you to celebrate his death when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> this Instead is, of a World Series parade, it's going to be a funeral parade, dude. It's it's like you guys are in the same position the Blackhawks were in. Like, for mm -hmm. years, they're just waiting for your owner to die. Like, the team's not going to go anywhere until this dude dies, and then after that, we can move forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Black that's a whole other situation. It's a lot I worse. And I don't know if you I knew this. Back in the day, back in the day, you could not watch the Blackhawks on TV. Yeah. Like, Why? In the that doesn't so, one, I did not know that. I don't follow hockey. But, two, wh what? How, how, did, how, how does the because team make the money, owner. Then? Because the owner, fucking, he's like, I, I can't be showing this on TV because then no one will come to the arena. Mm -hmm. Right, but TV deals are, are lucrative. Like, what? No. No. What? No. <laughs> no, he what? wanted acid and seats, buying beer. <laughs> like, like that. You could not, as a Blackhawks fan, watch the Blackhawks on TV. You had to go to the stadium to watch the team play. This yeah. was real. <laughs> Could you imagine that, like in baseball, pre-pitch clock, like you always have to go, like, <laughs> like, 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 just sit there for four hours, like, ah, brutal. I mean, I do it. I love baseball that much, but yeah, yeah, the Blackhawks are a total mess too. I mean, even I now, they're they they. <laughs> that's a whole. There thing. isn't there isn't a single good owner. Maybe the Chicago Sky. But other than that, there's not a good oh, – like, the oh, Ricketts yes. are just as bad with the Cubs. Right? The Caskies are awful. Yeah. Chicago. Awful. So I think the Chicago Sky might be the only people that are like, okay, they are morally correct. Is that the <laughs> WNBA team? Yeah, that's our WNBA team. And they're good. They, I'll say, wait, who owns the MLS team? Who owns the Chicago Fire? Yeah, I don't follow – the fire at all but i do follow this guy at least we just have bad ownership we have corrupt people some mf named juan owns the fucking uh chicago fire what a is guy it just is, he doesn't even have the, the last name he's just juan what? No. sorry wait it's joe i don't know where i've bred juan <laughs> i'm fucking dude i'm goofing am i on the ambient did i get high off of yeah. fucking Tony ambient supply? yeah Totally my like, guy, man. <laughs> I've got a confession for you because some of the Sunday episodes, I've taken an edible right before the beginning of them, and I'm just stoned <laughs> out of my mind at the end. That's so awesome. you know, if you were to do that, I'm just saying, like, I don't know what the laws in Iowa are, but if you Not were to man. do that, I would like I wouldn't call the 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 pot black. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the uh, the the CM Punk lifestyle, the straight edge society, bro. Come on. <laughs> oh man, I can't drink. And it's not legal in Indiana to do other things. So no, I will not. Partake in recreations. <laughs> I have never in my life smuggled it across state lines. No. 
Who would do what? No, no one would no. do that. No one would no. would cross the border of anything no. with any I don't substance. Even know what that marinara stuff is. So Yeah, the jazz cigarettes as the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually completely sober um at my very first like post pandemic concert. Yeah, of course um, just like every other good uh, good christian child who went to that show yeah because everyone stays sober for kim gordon and saint vincent in like a big crowd post pandemic so i was um <laughs> sober as can be that's Literally. awesome didn't get lost <laughs> i bet we can all stick to our you know our moral lifestyles except me apparently that's just like yeah dude i'm getting fucked up before we record yeah <laughs> you should too you want to be cool don't you God, you're, ed, the peer ed, pressure. Yeah, ed was the ed was the peer pressure my parents warned me about <laughs> dude my dad was telling me the other day um that when he was in college um he, he my, my dad's not a like like if he were if he were doing it he would tell me but not a big marijuana person. But he said that when he was in college, um, he got like peer pressured by his three like dorm mates, one of whom was Art Garfunkel's first cousin oh uh, to smoke. And I guess Garfunkel's cousin goes, you ever hear of peer pressure? Well, this is it. <laughs> this is it. You're missing out, though, if you're not like smoking with his first cousin. Yeah. No, Talk I'm sure about, he, like, like probably degrees of separation. Yeah. No, so he, like, end of the day, he wins. He had a roommate, I think, that, like, uh, has a comet named after him that used to do LSD all the time. Like, oh 70s were wild, man. It'd be funny if, you're, uh, if your dad was like, don't you know that the song Mrs. Robinson is anti-substance abuse? <laughs> <laughs> like, like... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you, got, you got any other questions, Hogdale? I, I, I'm fucking at a loss. At He's a little point. loopy at this yeah, point. That ambience kicking in. Oh yeah. Uh, bro. Do you have anything you wanted us to ask but didn't? But we didn't, Crystal. I don't know. I mean, we covered everything. I am optimistic yet reserved. I oh. am going to a lot more Mets games this year than White Sox games. Go Mets. Um, that's pretty cool how how did you how did you if you're in indiana how did you work that out well they are coming to milwaukee which is not a thought like they're going to be um in milwaukee for their home 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 opener so my friend colleen and i she's my other mets girly we are going to go up there i think it's like april 2nd or something is that game um, so we'll go see them there. They come to Cincinnati quite a bit because, you know, NL teams. NL, yeah. And then I'm going to drive up to Pittsburgh in July to see them there because PNC is gorgeous. Park. Um, so I'm trying to – I don't know if I'm going to make it to New York this year. That was originally the goal. It might just be Baltimore. But, you know, hey, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so I'm probably going to see the Mets a bit more than the White Sox. It I've only purchased – one ticket so far for a White Sox game. I think that yes. says everything we need to know about the state of the White Sox. I will ask one more question, and that's just prediction of their record. Just shot in the dark. <laughs> what do you think the record's going to be? Um, or just wins. Think, you don't even have to say the losses. Just how many wins? Yeah, 
I'm going to be generous and say 97. Wow, that's a lot of wins for them this year. I think the AL Central is still tragic. <laughs> like, yeah, the Guardians. Like, how it's like they're, they're terrible, but they're also almost going to win 100 games. Right. That's the that's the issue with them. The dichotomy of fandom. They like <laughs> luck into a, a win every once in a while. So, Mr. Magoo's of baseball. I don't know. It might be lower, though, because now, like, other bigger, better teams are coming in, but we'll see. God, Detroit and Kansas City are both just such tragedies, and they're in the same division. <laughs> That's a fair I, point, actually. Like, they're basically to... guaranteed at least third place, no matter no matter how they play. <laughs> yeah. They uh, even a worst-case scenario, like, that's third place. <laughs> All right. So anything uh, anything you want to plug before we uh, before we sign off? Um, you know, obviously follow me on Twitter. My handle's right there, crystal underscore okay. Um, I am sometimes fun. You will start seeing a ton of stuff coming out um, on Southside Sox and Pitcher List for me. And then stay tuned for another podcast soon. And uh, follow Soxy Chicks, too. That's Bailey and I. Um, like I said, we'll be doing one episode a month, just kind of a recap of the month, since we are very busy women. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, follow me. Follow those accounts, and you'll see a lot of my work. <laughs> a ton of work. I'm going to be so busy. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll check back in with you, like, nine months from now. Yeah, and it'll just be like November. <laughs> It'll just be like, did you ever play like the the Sims where like you forget to have like you forget to have them sleep and they just fall asleep standing or on the floor? It'll just be like cut to a Sim doing that. That's gonna be me. <laughs> it's gonna be like in my kitchen and I'm just like cooking dinner but falling asleep. And then, like, it's, it's, um, be... <laughs> it's like that meme from Coraline where just the dude looking just so just disparaged at the keyboard, <laughs> like just yes. just a husk. It'll be me like at midnight. The White Sox lost. Their seventh game in a row. I'm still covering this team, though. Morale is low. <laughs> yeah, it's like a shit. He's not here. Oh, fuck, it's still his fault. Somebody okay. to blame it on this year, but yeah. So I'm all all over the place for baseball season. So the best way to find me is Twitter, though. That's where everything gets posted, unless it dies in the next like week. Which I mean, always always a risk. Now it's a possibility. So get in there while it's still hot. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Crystal O'Keefe. Thank you again so much for joining us. Um, we'll be back in a couple of days. I think we've got a Rays guy coming on and some pirate stuff. I think Jordan Leandre was on. Um, I don't think we've released that one yet. But uh, so, yeah, lots of lots of stuff to come as we inch closer to the season. Uh, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.